0: Welcome to the Eclectic Readers Podcast, where it's always a whole new world. I'm Susan. I'm Jeanette. And I'm Meredith. Hello, everybody.
1: Hi. Hi. And how are you? Good. Uh, tired, but good. <laughs> <laughs> <I> can imagine. <laughs> Yeah, so um, not only is it Daylight Savings Weekend, because we were really good at planning when to record. Uh, awesome. <laughs> uh, yesterday was also the Novateen Book Festival, which, uh, so this is my second year going, and it's so much fun. There's tons of young adult authors that come in and it's held at a local high school and they have tons of different panels and talks that you can go to and then a huge uh, book signing at the end of the day. So it's a lot of fun, but it's a very long day. <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: I can imagine.
1: Yeah. It's a good time though. Yeah.
2: yeah you yeah, went to Jeanette, Jeanette. had to come right? too. I did. Yeah. Um. Our house has been hit with a heavy case of adulthood lately, <laughs> which just <which> sucks. Um, <laughs> um, including like people being sick and stuff. I mean, it's been good. I got a lot in the. I've had a lot of time to read, but I just really needed some good um, book fun, and we had a really good time. We got to meet up with you know litzy people,
1: and yeah, yeah
2: it was really cool. The
1: authors were amazing. So. Yes. Uh I'm really excited to read The Bells and uh Children of Blood and Bone are like yes. the two that I'm like really wanting to get to soon. Yes. They're authors did, title. Like, a little
2: conversation. And they're um they were hilarious. They're just the best. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So, yeah. It was good Aww. times. So I have hmm. a lot of things to be reading. How are you doing, Susan?
0: <laughs> you have a lot of things to be reading. Isn't that like yeah. you know?
2: something that's just I know, story a constant. The
0: of <laughs> I feel like that's just the constant in your life now, you know? just always something to be reading.
2: <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's
0: a good problem to have. <laughs> um, but I am well. Um, well, until today. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> the dreaded daylight savings.
0: Oh, and you know, as... being single and like just no kids like it just always sucked you know it's just you're adjusting yourself and you're just extra groggy but it's particularly terrible when you have kids um (laughs) it's one of those things it's one of those things because usually it's like oh yes you know usually same experience with kids or it's a little worse i feel like daily savings is one of those things that's just infinitely worse with kids (laughs) (laughs) Because they have such a good, constant biological clock. Like, they are just so consistent. And then when Daylight Savings happens, it just screws it all up. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, tonight they're going to be a pain going to bed because they're thinking, like, oh, it's not really 7 o'clock, it's 6 o'clock, so I'm just going to spend an hour screwing around in my bed, (laughs) like, playing and singing. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Not sleeping, pretty much. Not
0: sleeping. I'm like, oh
1: man.
0: <laughs> um, I mean, it's th- and that opposite's true. When you know, push back the clocks, it's like now they'll wake up an hour early, and it's
2: like, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anyways, um, I tried to mm, make it better by sleep training them before um it actually happens, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um but in cooler news um I got to go see Hamilton a few weeks ago so that was exciting.
1: Um, oh awesome. nice. Yeah.
0: And I feel like cuz I was like oh you know Hamilton yay but I feel like the most exciting part was like I got to read <laughs> before the <laughs> <What>? show started <laughs> and during intermission Because the only way we could get affordable tickets was to sit separately. Mm, (laughs) So my husband was literally like all the way across the theater from me.
2: (laughs) So thank you for this really sweet date night where I got to read all by myself. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, because, you know, it's an omission. Like everybody's getting up, going to the bathroom, walking around. It's like, "Mm, it might not be worth it. Try to meet in the middle, you know? Yeah. Right. So it's like, I'll just stay in my seat. I'm going to take my Kindle.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great.
0: So I just sat there reading. I'm like, well, I'm I'm having a super nerdy moment right now, and I'm okay with it.
1: <laughs> just embrace See? it. Yep. You guys say, You're I live in your best, best life.
0: <laughs> yeah. So it was really good. I really enjoyed the performance. Um, everybody was phenomenal. So awesome i'm glad we were able to go um and then a couple nights ago we went to go see black panther so um just seeing all these like awesome diverse shows
1: you know yeah really great and that was so good oh really gosh. good
0: <laughs> so i guess i guess i had like adulthood fun you know <laughs> yeah Going to the movie seeing a show
2: you got so. to you got to adults, the nice adults.
0: Yeah, I know, right? The fun version.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so and you need that That's once awesome. in a while. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yup. So yay. I'm glad everybody's doing well.
2: Yeah. So let's get to it, guys. What are we reading now?
0: Um, well, I am continuing my year of rereads. Um and I, we just found out our pick for Eclectic Reader, so I haven't started reading that yet. Um, but I have been rereading The Martian by Andy Weir. Um, Very cool. That's a, yeah, that's a good one. And I've been listening to the audiobook for that one. It's really good.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> the, yeah, I'm like, well, my husband and I were trying to listen to it together. Mm-hmm. So we've been like, we still have like four hours left. And we've had four hours left for months now because Aww. trying trying to find a time when we can both sit down and listen to it hasn't really been working out too well. Aww. But I was enjoying it. Yeah, Aww.
0: I like the narrator for the for the Martian. Um, mm-hmm. I think he caught the feel of Mark really well. So I'm yeah. really liking it. Um, and then I started my reread of Lord of the Rings with oh, um, my few friends. Yeah. Um, we're only on chapter four, (laughs) (laughs) um, but we're taking it really slow. Like we're, we're going to finish by Christmas, (laughs) (laughs) but that way we have other things to read, you know?
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Um, so, and then I've been rereading Sense and Sensibility, so. Oh,
1: I love
2: that one.
0: Yeah. Yeah, That's that's
2: a good good one. one. Like I'm
0: almost a third of the way through. It's, it's very fun and enjoyable. Like, Jane Austen's just nice and light, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah. I know. I, I'd like to reread her stuff sometime soon. Mm-hmm. They're just yeah. fun.
0: They are. Yeah. They are. They are. And especially with, like, you know, reading Lord of the Rings, it's like, hmm, just want something, like, nice, fun. Let's go okay. Jane Austen.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a. it's a good book to read before bed, too. You know, because that's what I've been doing.
1: Yeah, I could see that.
0: Um, yeah. It's not stressful. It's not intense. You know, it's not no. sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and Austin can be kind of funny with yes. like some of the satire stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I could see that. Yep. So good times.
0: Yeah. How about you, Meredith? What have you been reading?
1: Well, I, I don't know. I feel like I've been reading the same two books for ever now? I don't know. Um, so hopefully I'm not getting into a book slump. Oh, no. just, I know, or I'm just not reading very quickly at this point. I don't know. But um, I'm almost done with both of them. But I am currently reading *Rain of the Fallen by Sarah Glenn Marsh. Uh, I picked that up last month. So I've got maybe like 100 pages left or so. Uh, nice. So it's 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 interesting, you know, like kind of living in a world of necromancers and, uh, but also like some romance and adventure, and hmm. so it's not like straight up horror or anything. I wasn't sure what to expect because you know, like bringing the dead back to life and stuff like that. But it's it's been pretty cool so far, and I'm also after our conversation last month, Susan, about uh, genre bending weird books, Um, I'm listening on audiobook to Lab Girl by Hope Jharan. Uh, which was one of the books that Schwab had mentioned in the article that we talked about. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like, I mean, it is it is mostly a memoir, but at the beginning of her chapter, she kind of gives you a science lesson on different plants and how things kind of work. And so so it's kind of cool to, to be learning some things I didn't know or had completely forgotten, along with kind of seeing what it's like to be a woman in science and kind of going through her life to see where she, how she got to where she is. That's pretty, so that's pretty cool.
0: Good.
1: Yeah. So Jeanette, what are you reading? What am I not
2: reading? It's kind of a question. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> um, Like I said, I have been doing a lot of reading. Like at first I was doing some traveling and um, I went through like three, four books that week and then... I got back, and everything was cool, and I was – then I got sick. So within the past two weeks, I finished like six books,
1: oh, including My Lady awesome. Jane, Mare. I finished Yay! My Lady
2: Jane. Yay! Oops, I just yeah. started clapping.
1: Hopefully that didn't come through. <laughs> <laughs> it deserves clapping. I, I
2: think, you know,
1: it's such a great
2: book. It was so mm-hmm. charming. Yeah. But like I also finished like my second second or third – it might be my third John Green I read The Fault in Our Stars, which everybody has either read or seen, except oh, me. Oh, yeah. But now I've read it. Nice. Uh, so it's, um, which was really good. But I read Lady Cop Makes Trouble, which was the sequel to um, Girl with Girl Waits With Gun that we read last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. And that was so good. And I read The Paper Menagerie by Ken Liu, whom we interviewed. Yes. Um, yeah, a couple of years ago. And I've been wanting to read The Paper Menagerie for a while, and I finally did it for my cousin book club, and it's so good. Like, it's so good, guys. Oh, that yeah. one I recommend. People should read The Paper Menagerie.
0: I like that title, Paper Menagerie. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, and the um, the title story was read on um, LeVar Burton's par- podcast at one point, Ooh, which made wow, me even nice. more excited to read it because, you know, LeVar Burton read it so well, and it's such a good story anyway. So... Yeah, um, I did my V is for Vengeance because, you know, I wanted to do my tribute to Sue Grafton and do another book in that series.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm.
2: I read that one. That was good. But I'm going to miss Sue Grafton so much. Yeah. I was like so sad. I was like, uh, oh, I'm going to miss you, lady. Um, so, yeah, a lot of good, just a lot of good books. And then now I'm reading Murder in the White House. Which hmm. is a murder mystery? I'm reading it for this year's book bingo because we have a category, a book that takes place locally, and it's a book that takes place in the White House. So it takes place in DC, and of course, it's a murder mystery. And it's written by the daughter of a president. What? Which, who? Yeah, who? Who it's wrote written it? by it's written by Margaret Truman. Oh, that's so cool. okay. huh. crazy! Right? I'm like so. This is what you do after, you, I guess, your family leaves the White House. You write murder mysteries about living in the White House. All right, well, I'm in.
0: Chelsea Clinton wrote wrote, uh, wrote children's books. Yeah. So, you know, there you go.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm, hey, I like murder mysteries. I'm here for it. So, <laughs> um, So, yeah, it's been a lot of fun, guys. Sounds, Sounds like, of, like it. Yeah. A <laughs> lot I'm of. I mean, <laughs> Like I said, a lot of adulthood, but a lot of, you know, reading time. I'm trying to make the most of all this adulting. Um, one of the books I got through was American War, which you guys read last month. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you guys got some feedback from American War when you guys recorded that last month. We
1: did. So, it was pretty exciting. It was really I know. cool. <laughs> So
2: cool. So the author, Omar el uh, he listened to the podcast episode that you guys recorded discussing his book last month. And he commented, that part at the end about the old man on the bus made me so happy. It's the first time someone's mentioned it. Thank you so much for taking the time to read my book and for this really fascinating dissection of it. So... Good job, guys.
0: I <laughs> you know it's like, do we sound that smart? I feel like we didn't really like, you know, <laughs>
1: <It's> like <laughs> we sounded really smart, Susan. Okay, I guess. <laughs> but no, I th- okay. I think we had a good discussion. Yeah, was, I
0: really like that discussion. Um,
1: but it's yeah. a good book to discuss because there's mm-hmm. so much to talk about. Yes,
0: and I feel like those kinds of books always makes for a good book club book. You know, so mm-hmm. oh yeah, when it's like a discussable book, then you're, you know, it's pretty, you'll, you'll pretty much get a good discussion out of it. So. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. And so I, just cool. for the record, you guys always sound really smart. Oh, <laughs> Well, so you, you know. sound
1: smart too, Jeanette. Yeah. yeah. I know. I mean, <laughs> no, um, no, it was really awesome.
2: So no, we appreciate you listening, Omar El Akkad. And uh, thank you for that sweet feedback. Yes. It's really awesome. Thank you. It's really cool when like the authors have good feedback about our discussions.
1: Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah.
2: So speaking of discussion, I have a topic to talk about, guys. Ooh, what's that? <laughs> well, this month we, of course, read Shadow and Bone. And it's a fantasy novel. And there's a lot of world building. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to talk to you guys about what do you guys like to see in world building? Like we read a lot of fantasy novels, but you know, even in non-fantasy novels, there's usually a lot of world building. Right. Like in a uh, dark matter, like there's a lot of world building cause they go to a lot of worlds.
1: Mm-hmm. So <laughs> yes, worlds building. Yeah. That's
0: a uh, pretty literal right there.
2: <laughs> yeah. So what do you like to see? Do you like to see a lot of detail, a lot of explanation? What do you like to see?
0: Uh, so I got to huh? make a small confession here. Okay. Um, when this was brought up and then I saw the question, I was like, oh my God, I don't think I really actually thought in depth of what I like to see in world building. I just like it. Like, yeah. <laughs> 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 it's like, Why have I not thought of this before? <laughs> um, but I think in general, um, with the books that I like, i like enough to understand the world's physics and rules of nature um and what i mean by that is like they th- this one world has like specific rules like for magic um mm-hmm. that make it that world um so then the author's not allowed to break those rules or else then they just totally shatter that world world's illusion
1: right okay yeah that makes sense yeah. So like they can't just like magic something and right. you know it just work without any consequences or without any explanation.
0: Right. Yeah. So if like the um for Shadow and Bone they're saying they're taking matter from around them to create something. Mm-hmm. Um so then they can't just so if um they specialize as as a healer or something they can't then they can't do anything with like a rock, you know. <laughs> mhm. Um they just can't make it appear like there's there's like um the, the physics and stuff behind it has to be. And it doesn't have to be broken down. You don't have to have formulas or anything, um, but it needs to be consistent.
1: Oh, yeah, yes. that's true. Yeah, yep. definitely. Yep. Consistency throughout the book or the series. Mm-hmm. Consistency is so important. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I like I mean. For the most part, I like all the nitty-gritty details if it's done well. Um, I mean, granted, I don't want just like a list of these are things that can or can't be done in this world. Mm-hmm, uh, right. But if if you can work it into the story, I I like the details. Um, I especially like when uh, there's like different religions brought in. You know, you mm-hmm. kind of see how their belief system works. Mm-hmm. Or um, I love food descriptions like tell me all the things that you eat, um, because <laughs> I'm actually a hobbit, if you didn't know. So. And a Hufflepuff. And <laughs> yes, <laughs> a Hufflepuff. So, like, just give me all the food. Um, and so one that I always think of with food is, um, I mean, I guess it is a children's uh, fantasy series, but I would actually like to go back and read some more of them. Did you guys ever re- read any of the Redwall series by Brian Jockwees? yeah
0: no but i've heard of it yeah i've read the first
1: two i want to say so jeanette can can attest then even just in the first two like they have all of these feasts and like he goes into like some nice details like so much so (laughs) that there's actually a red wall cookbook out there now so you can like (laughs) make the meals from the feast and so i like that yeah
2: i mean good food description i mean how can you go wrong Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things. So like, I, I mean, I don't think we have to say that we think Harry Potter is a, gr- a good world. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's probably pretty obvious to <laughs> most of our listeners by now. Um, but whenever they describe like the feasts and the table and everything, and I picture that in my head, like, good food descriptions. It's, it's important. I'm like, yeah, like that, this would be good right about now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, food is such an important part of a lot of cultures. You know, it brings yeah, people together, and, and not just like for nutrition, it brings people together. A lot of stuff happens at feasts. Sometimes, um, it marks a major event. Um, so it's, it's so important to have good food. <laughs> you know, yeah,
2: like, yeah. It, and, and it does it does tell you something about the characters, right? The way they eat, the way they, you know, look at food. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, the reason why I asked that question was um, I, um, I personally love the Lord of the Rings and Middle Earth and the way Tolkien describes and uses the detail. But I get into an argument with people all the time, specifically my dad, who's like, it's too much detail. Mm-hmm. He tells you every leaf that they walk by. I'm like, but it's the world. You can see it then. <laughs> so. I like a lot of detail, but I don't like it when things are like broken down and made completely
1: like too obvious. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like- yeah, I mean, I feel like there has to be a balance because yes. right. while I I love Tolkien, um I love The Lord of the Rings. There are times where I think I might be siding with your dad on this, that it's just a little too much. Like, did we need all of those songs and all of those poems and all of that, you know, whatever information... Um, there, there are definitely, (laughs) okay, well, just kidding, you know, and, and maybe it'll be different when I read it another time more into my adulthood. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think there are definitely sections that I kind of skimmed in Lord of the Rings where like, oh, here's some more poems. Okay. You know, okay. I get the gist of it. Let's move on. Yeah. Um, I did that too. So, right. And so I think there does need to be somewhat of a balance. Like another one that I'm thinking had a lot of like description up front, like, really building the world, um, was Kushiel's Dart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Where, I mean, that was, like, really heavy on making sure you understood how this world worked and how the religion worked and, like, the structure of society and everything. And so those first couple hundred pages, it was kind of tough to get through. I mean, in the end, it was worth it. Like, totally worth it. But... Sometimes it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel when it's just so much detail getting thrown at you. Mm -hmm. So I I think you kind of need to be in that right mindset to be like, okay, I am going to read a book with a lot of world building and I just need to prepare myself. This isn't going to be like a light, fluffy read. (laughs) So do
2: you think it's better to have it all up front like that then? Or to like,
1: like parse it out throughout the story? I don't know. I mean... Do you think you lose more readers if you just throw it all up front? Or do you think people will be willing to stick with it if it's just like tons of detail and world building up front? Yeah. You know, that's a hard question
2: because I feel like we've read a book recently where they kind of spread the detail throughout the story. And I was like, no, come on. Like, I want to know what this means. Mm -hmm. I can't remember which book. But yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Susan? Which do you prefer?
0: uh personally i'd rather have it um given mm-hmm. to me as time goes on um i feel like that's kind of how you learn stuff as you go on through life you know mm-hmm. <laughs> um and i mean it kind of depends on the world building too because like with kushiel's dart not only are you learning about the world but you're also learning about the politics and the government and and, and society mm-hmm. and like to me the, i'm not that interested in that <laughs> <laughs> um I'm not that interested in the, the politicy side um right. but
1: but do you think by getting that information, you were able to appreciate the story more as it went on? No oh, okay. because
0: I would forget a lot of it
1: <laughs> oh. ah. <laughs> well, okay, yeah,
0: so the you know they mentioned something with the connection of one like small baron or whatever, and then that baron comes back you know, 300 pages later, and it's like, I totally forgot what that person was doing. Like, why is he so important, you know?
1: Yeah. Now, there's um, there's another book that comes to mind that is very heavy on the world building, um, which we already talked about, Ken Liu, but uh, The Grace of Kings was uh, the book that Tara and I actually talked to him about on the podcast episode. So, you know, obviously, right. we were reading it ahead of time, as you do, <laughs> and I did I had to put page tags on the map at the front and then he also, which I think was nice, he had a list of characters kind of Uh, broken down by like where they were from Mm -hmm. and kind of like a little bit of a description of them. So I just had that tag. So, you know, once I'm, like, 500 pages in and this person pops up again and I'm like, wait, who is this? I could flip back and be like, oh, oh, okay, okay, gotcha. I remember now. Oh, that's <laughs> right. nice.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, there's a version of that in um, Sarah J. Moss's Throne of Glass books, too. Like, she always has a map and then she has I um, – glo- I don't want to call it a glossary, but like a pronunciation guide, I guess, mm-hmm. on how to, like, say the characters' names and things like that, which I find very helpful because I did the same thing in my Kindle edition was I tagged that information
1: mm-hmm. so
2: that when I need it I can go back to it. So I do like it when authors do that like have a little guide if something's going to be very complicated, right? You're really going to need to know for example the map like how the world fits together. Right.
1: Yes, and and can we just say like at least for me I love a map in a book like if i <laughs> oh, if yeah. i open up a book and there's a map i'm pretty much gonna like it i think like, <laughs> i just i love maps i
2: unfortunately have recently read a book or two where i did not like it even though it had a map so i'm not gonna what? make that guarantee anymore no <laughs> but there can always be but exceptions. it's a I good guess. sign <laughs> i will say that it is a really good sign mm-hmm. yep. your odds are better just because yes. maps
1: yeah, <laughs> Why is it that book maps are so awesome? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I just, well, I mean, I just like maps, but just to, and I think it helps flesh out the world right. because you can actually look at it yeah, and then you can say, oh, well, you know, as they're traveling along, you can kind of get an idea of the terrain and the distance they're covering or, you know, oh, well, this is a port city and that one's up on a mountain and, you know, like, I just, I love it.
2: Yeah, you can really picture the journey. Yep. It's true. Yep. So we talked about consistency. How deeply do you guys, like, ponder and pick apart the worlds as you guys are reading them?
0: Um, mm. At first, I really, I actually don't, unless it's something super blatant that really sticks out, which means, like, you're not doing your job, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, but with the first read, I tend not to nitpick. I try not to. Um, I just want to, like, enjoy the story and enjoy the feel and the tone, you know, all that, and the adventure. Um, it's usually later on, um, after I'm done with the book or, like, chatting it up with a friend or something, then it's like, okay, let's see if I can rip this apart um, <laughs> and see how it holds up. You know, think about, like, a certain physics or a certain, like, the, how do they do this spell when this isn't supposed to happen, you know, that kind of stuff.
1: Because um,
0: it's just fun, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah i agree i mean i think i'm more likely to pick it apart if it's something that i'm reading to discuss with someone or or like susan said if it's just like blatantly doesn't fit into the world Mm -hmm. yep yeah yeah that
2: makes sense like i have problems when i find something that seems inconsistent or illogical but every now and then like There's an element introduced to a book. So one of the books that I read in my, you know, February of super reading was Incarnate by Jodi Meadows, which is a really, really interesting world. Like there's a – I haven't read the other two books in the series yet, but there's a lot that goes unexplained in this first book, which I find really interesting. Like she sets up a lot of questions and she doesn't answer them all. Mm. And I'm like, but I want to know. I want to know Mm. the answers to these questions. These seem way more important than the rest of what you're discussing right now.
1: Well, now Um, you need to get book two, Jeanette. (laughs) Right.
2: And so, like, she spends a lot of the first book talking about the characters' relationships with each other. And I'm like, no, world building. Because that's so super important right now. But one of the things in her world is that people are reincarnated. And I just, I don't want to say I picked it apart but i had so many questions about the reincarnation aspect and how does that affect the world yeah because you if you think about it if people are being reincarnated over and over again and let's say somebody has a fight and then dies well when they come back like you do you keep fighting hmm. like or is it like you're a new person now so you know argument over you know, mm. if you had a relationship with somebody, but you come back and they're married to somebody else, like, is that weird? I Like, I had so many questions. So I don't try to, like, go in and pick a, a like, pick apart the worlds. But sometimes, like, they're just very blatant, obvious questions. So I'm like, no, you need to answer these for me. Like, right now, please.
0: <laughs> and I get impatient.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if there's something that's like you guys said, blatantly inconsistent. That's that's a deal breaker for me. I have like, I'm like no, but you
1: legit just said that doesn't work, and now you're doing it right. Like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah that's not fun. No, no, that's some sloppy editing. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yep. so that being said,
2: what do you guys dislike <laughs> in? world building are there any absolute deal breakers
1: i mean i like i said i pretty much just uh, like whatever information you're going to give me i'm there for um i don't know if there's any real deal breakers or if i just can't think of any right now maybe from from the books i didn't like i've just pushed them out of my memory Uh, (laughs) um
0: yeah i'm kind of the same i don't think i have a deal breaker but I think um, one thing that kind of came to mind and it's more of like a fatigue and overdone-ness is um, um, categorizing uh, faction things. Um, It definitely um, came into really came into fruition with Harry Potter and the sorting of the houses Um, but then all of a sudden, all these fantasy novels are coming out, you know, where it's like, oh, I'm this kind of magic and this kind of magic and this kind of magic. Like there's these, f- you know, five types of magics that you can do and it depends on your personality or who you are. And-
2: mm-hmm. Right. Or the dystopian, we live yes. in, in this area. Mm-hmm. Or yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 That's um, definitely become popular. But I think it, it's, it it's might also be easier for the authors to keep things straight. That right. Way.
0: Right, so I don't want to say that it's lazy because it's not because it could be done well, you know, and it could be completely necessary, um, in that world. Uh, But at the same time, it's like you know, I really hope you try to think of other ways to try to make this work as well. You know what I mean? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. Um. For so for this book, um, they're more like. I mean, it's, it's kind of the same thing, like you get tested and what you have is kind of the job you go into. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, um, which is fine, I guess like this magic is, you know, person specific and all that stuff, but it's like uh with dystopian, they do it a lot. They do like a drawing and it's like, Hey, you get to do this job.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: like, okay. Yeah. like
1: <laughs> Well, and I know one of the, um, actually Jeanette, I don't, I th- might've been the first panel so i don't think you were there yesterday but at nova Teen, they had like a fantasy panel where they were talking about world building and everything and uh susan dinner uh her what is it truth witch uh, right. series you know she said she started like i guess different witches have different specific powers mm. uh in her book and she said she started like she had like dozens upon dozens of different types of witches that she had come up with. And, you know, and her editor's like, yeah, you really need to scale this back. This is going to be way too complicated to keep straight over the course of a series. She's like, yeah, I like, I had like a barley witch and like a bakery (sighs) witch and, you know, like all of these. And we're like, well, I mean, those sound pretty cool. Like, you know, let's make some beer and have some cupcakes. But also (laughs) understand why, like, you can't just have all all of these different witches and keep it straight. Um, and then even with um, Tomi Adiemi's new book that like just came out this week, Children of Blood and Bone, there's different clans uh, that have different powers in that book. And same thing, I think she said she started out with maybe like 10 clans and they're like, and then she's like, yeah, now I understand why J.K. Rowling only had four houses. <laughs> so right. I I can't remember how many she, I think she got it down to like, Somewhere between four and seven. I can't remember oh, right man. off the top of my head.
2: Yeah. At one point, I think she said around four, but I could be misremembering that. I yeah. do remember her talking about that in her conversation with Danielle Clayton that I saw. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So I think it's it can be a good way to keep information straight and maybe help make sure that you don't have inconsistencies when right. it's a little more... Broken out like that,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. But it has definitely been used a
2: lot recently. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and I actually find it a very interesting world-building concept in the sense that, um, in ter- I mean, obviously, if you're writing a fantasy novel, you're not trying to make things based on reality. But if you look around the world, you know, it's not like. All the brave people hang out together and all the ambitious people right. hang out together like, you know. Right. People mix and they do groups. So it's like an interesting way that authors are putting like kind of an order on their world. Mhm. That probably wouldn't work in reality. Right. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of
1: kind of fun.
0: Well, that's how you get like the slither puffs and stuff, you know. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, like we're not all one thing. Right. Yeah.
2: Like I would I've always said that like basically I'm a griffin claw. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not one or the other because that doesn't make any sense. But yeah. But anyway. Um so before we wrap up, any favorite world that you would like to reference, any make a shout out to before we go on to our main read? That we haven't already talked about.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. I think like we've hit on most of my big ones. Um, The only other one that I hadn't just brought up in discussion is Westeros in Game of Thrones. Mm. And then all the other countries that go along with that. Um, Right. It's just he did a really great job building that world. So now just get us the rest of the books, George R.R. Martin.
0: (laughs) Speaking of getting the rest of the books.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. That is a common problem. Yeah. <laughs> um
0: I really enjoy um Patrick Roth, Rothfuss's worlds for, for uh, the Kingkiller Chronicles. He's calling it Temerant. Um mm-hmm. I really liked how he shaped that world. Like I would I would go live there. <laughs> um and two yeah. two worlds that are uh, fairly old now, man. <laughs> um is the world of xanth by pierce anthony um this is a world that's made of puns which is fantastic (laughs) it's made
1: of puns
0: puns yes um so like it's like magic and there's like the source of magic and like a lot of things that we find punny are literal in that world um yeah and like um uh, so one of the titles of the book is called Centaur Isle, A I S L E I think. Um, but the, there's also like an actual Centaur Isle, like the island. Um, but like hmm. the 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 huge thing, magic is like the Centaur actually has an aisle, like that you walk, you know, down.
1: Like you walk down <laughs> yes. in
0: a store. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's funny and it's he's so consistent with that world like I just I love it (laughs) um yup and then um oh and then another one is the nightmare like the nightmares who brings nightmares as an actual mare so Uh
1: (laughs) (laughs) alright I need to check this out because I am all about the puns Yep, yeah
0: it's it's delightful
2: (laughs) yeah Discworld does some similar stuff Mm -hmm. they do some, some similar things with like wordplay and stuff like that not like the world is made of puns but right they, but they do do some things with wordplay which are super super fun i love that world mm-hmm. it, that one's a good one
0: yeah um and then i just want to reference the world of pern um which is by anne mccaffrey uh where it's a planet of people and dragons working together to survive um
2: uh, that one's still on my list I yeah. that one yet. So yeah so good
0: so I think I think those two will always be like my top worlds that I love. <laughs> That's awesome. Yep.
1: So, do you have any others yeah. you would like to bring up, Jeanette? Um, yeah. I mean,
2: of course, I mentioned Discworld, Harry mm-hmm. Potter. Um. Oh man, I think we've hit most of the ones that I would have brought up. Like, I mm-hmm. was going to say, you know, um, Patrick Rothfuss's world, and I'm fully in the um can you finish this please club yeah with that um but yeah we've hit most of them um so one world i will say that like kind of contradicts the things that i have mentioned but i still love it anyways is wonderland
1: Uh. like from
2: alice in wonderland Mm -hmm. like okay it doesn't necessarily have consistency and it doesn't always make sense
1: but it's Which so is much kind fun. kind of the point, right? Yeah. yeah, that's like the
2: point of it. And I guess because that's the point, I just love it so much. And I tend to love people's takes on it. Um, there was a book, Heartless, that came out last Was it last year?
1: It might have oh, been the yeah. year before, but I think
2: it's last so, year. Yeah. Um, by Marissa Meyer. And she kind of plays with that. And she also does a lot of like word play and stuff with that. But I just love other people's plays on Wonderland because it's so much fun. So that's definitely a world that I really enjoy that doesn't necessarily make sense or have consistency, but it's great anyway. it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's okay. I don't have to be consistent. Authors aren't, so I don't have to be. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, uh, so let's move on to this month's main re-discussion, which was a young adult fantasy and I'm looking at the time. We're, we're going to be talking for a while, so yep. sign in. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be a long episode, and I'm okay with that. Uh, it, so we read Shadow and Bone by Leigh Bardugo. And let me give you a quick summary Surrounded by enemies, the once great nation of Ravka has been torn in two by the Shadowfold, a swath of near impenetrable darkness crawling with monsters who feast on human flesh. Now its fate may rest on the shoulders of one lonely refugee. Alina Starkov has never been good at anything. But when her regiment is attacked, on the fold, and her best friend is brutally injured, Alina reveals a dormant power that saves his life, a power that could be the key to setting her war-ravaged country free. Wretched from everything she knows, Alina is whisked away to the royal court to be trained as a member of the Grisha, the magical elite led by the mysterious Darkling. Yet nothing in this lavish world is what it seems." With darkness looming and an entire kingdom depending on her untamed power, Alina will have to confront the secrets of the Grisha and the secrets of her heart. <laughs> <sighs> so dramatic. I know. <laughs> That's YA for you. Uh, so, Love it. <laughs> So what's one thing that stood out to you in this book?
0: Um, for me, it was how much I didn't hate Alina. <laughs> um, I have this habit of not really liking uh female protagonists too much.
1: Um, like in general in, or YA ones.
0: In generalish, but mostly it's been YA. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't I didn't hate her. Uh I liked her. I liked how her power, power was revealed. Um I kind of liked how her growth was going with that. Um I and uh so i just i I liked her Her personality wasn't like too awful so that was nice (laughs) yeah um so yeah i was kind of surprised how much i like her
2: (laughs) yeah i mean she really was i agree she was really well rounded um and she's not like she's not perfect no which tends to be the thing that i don't like about protagonists is like they're perfect and everybody hates them and i'm like okay you can't have it both ways Um, (laughs) but that's not the case with alina Mm -hmm. but to me what stood out actually and this is because i'm a complete organizational nerd i liked the organization of the magic system i'm like it is very organized yeah that's true it is (laughs) color-coded okay guys (laughs) It was made for you, Jeanette. It was. <laughs> you know how much I love color coding. Um, so it's color coded and then it's color coded within the color coding. Yes. I
0: was just thinking that.
2: <laughs> it, it It is. Yes. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, I, like, just tell me that there's like tabs and spreadsheets and I just have done with it and have my heart. Yeah. <laughs> Someone
1: out there definitely has a spreadsheet of all of the different... <laughs> different sections of this (sighs) yeah so let's talk about uh the like it's kind of magic but they call it small the small science system so you have the corporal kai which is the order of the living and the dead and underneath that uh, which they have red uh kaftas is that how you say it maybe i think so uh yeah, I so, that, so so they're red, and so underneath that order, you have heart renders and healers, um, and then we're also told they're kind of at the top tier mm-hmm. um, because of all Grisha, they have the hardest road and they require the most training and the most study. And then underneath them, we have the Ethereal Kai, which is the order of the Summoners, and they are blue. And then you have Squalors, Inferni, and Tide Makers. And then the next uh, section is the Material Kai, which is the order of the Fabricators, and I think I read that they wear purple, which I like. I like purple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then they have the Duras and the Alchemy. So, what did you kind of think of how the magic system was broken up?
2: I mean, <laughs> I mean, I know you like. <laughs> I, I, I um. No, I like it. I really like it. I like that it's, I like the way it's divided. Like, there, it's like you have power over like people, or you have power over elements, mm-hmm. it seems like, or you have power over like things. Right. And I think that's a really, I mean, obviously organized, but it's also a really interesting way. To divide it because if you think about people they have different talents and some people are really good with people and some people aren't and some people are really good with like nature and growing things and whatever and you're not there are other people who are not like I couldn't grow a plant to save my life I've killed so many it's sad Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it's really interesting way to look at people's various talents and strengths
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah
0: yeah, I agree. Um I liked how it worked for this world. Um, cuz it's you know everybody had this different talent and the way they broke it down or or the author she broke it down was really well done. I think it was really thoughtful. And um I didn't think anything was out of place or it's like, "Huh, this doesn't quite fit. So why does it belong here?" you know. Um mm-hmm. So I think I mean I think I've always had an issue be like oh they were born with this power so that's what they're gonna be you know like
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like can, can
0: and so oh sorry go ahead I just like can, I just want to read something where it's like oh I want to like go and I want to be a heart render or I want to be a healer you know what I mean mm-hmm. so but that's okay
1: now I feel like <laughs> you probably still have to have an affinity to at least one part like you know. You might want to be a, like, uh, sorry, let's see. You might want to be in the summoners, an ethereal Kai, but, like, like, you can't make the wind move or you can't make, you know what I mean? So I think there is still some level of what you're born with, you know, what, Mm -hmm. you know, um, but we do see that you can be trained, too. Um, And so what did you think? I'm going to read like uh, a little quote. But um, what did you think about the fact that they, some people think it's magic, but in the story, they actually talk about it as more of science-based than just Mm -hmm. like, it's magic. Um, And so in the book, it says, what looked like magic was really the Grisha manipulating matter as its most fundamental, at its most fundamental levels. Marie didn't make fire. She summoned combustible elements in the air around us, and she still needed a flint to make the spark that could burn that fuel. The grounding principle of the small science was light like calls to like, but that's where it got complicated. Odina Kavost was the thisness of a thing that made it the same as everything else. Etavost was the thatness of a thing that made it different from everything else. Odina Kavost connected the Grisha to the world, but it was the Etaphost that gave them an affinity for something like air or blood, or in my case, light.
2: I mean, I really like that concept because, again, I think it comes to the idea of, like, everybody has their own strengths and the things that attract them and the things they're interested in. Um, so I like that, like, like calls to like. Mm -hmm. kind of idea. And I also kind of like how it puts, it sets up a structure and limitations on magic. Mm -hmm. Like it's not just these powerful people who can do anything and get their way. Because I mean, you know, that would be boring if they could just do anything. The fact that they have limitations and you have to work within your limitations, I think is really important.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, so um, I agree. And so this concept, I mean, I don't think it's new for anybody, um, but this type of thinking is very much um, an anime called Full Metal Alchemist. Um, yeah. It's it's alchemy. looks like magic, but it's alchemy. And, I mean, it very much sticks with, like, you know, the rules of thermodynamics and the rules of matter, like, you can't make something out of nothing. You have to, you know, take what's around you and use that to make what you need to. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's something that I've always been used to thinking about um, and thinking of. Um, and I always like that kind of thinking. I liked where you like pull something to make something else. Like it's very science
1: <laughs> Yeah, it yeah. is. Um, and I think it... it it might make things a little more difficult for the author because she is setting up some very strict guidelines. But it's cool for, to be a reader that sees that, right? So it's yeah. not just like, oh, well, I just wanted to make this magic happen, so I made it happen. Uh, you know, I, I like that she's saying that, like, this person who can work with fire still needs a flint to mm-hmm. make the spark. Um, right. It's not just, like, magic. Um, mm-hmm. And I know one of our uh, real-life book club members, who isn't really a fan, usually, of young adults, <laughs> did say that she really appreciated that it was more science-based than just like, I can do whatever I want.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the one yeah. problem with magic, isn't it? It's just like, what happened? How this happen? Oh, Magic. Like, it's fine if that happens, you know? I mean, Harry Potter's kind of like that, you know? Oh, magic.
1: It is. You know? (laughs) Yeah. And we still love it, but it doesn't really explain anything. Right. It doesn't. And
2: I'm okay with that. And this is going back to world discussion. But, like, if you have to work at it, I think that also helps. Like, one of the things I did, like, about this system is that Alina had to work at it,
0: Mm -hmm.
2: you know? Yeah. And even after she kind of learned how to use her powers, it still wasn't always easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think when you have to train and work at your powers, that also makes it more, um, more agreeable.
1: Like, because there's still a limitation, right? Mm hmm. Now, what do you think about their use of amplifiers in the book? So, pretty much, they said, an, uh, if you could track down a kind of a mythological or mystical creature and like kill it and take some part of it, like a claw or a tooth or a horn or whatever, that could help amplify your power. So do you think that complements or conflicts with this whole small science system? Because it's, that seems more just like magic to me. Yeah, and it's just cruel. (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah, that too. It's just so awful. It
2: It was one of those things where I did not love it at all because it is. It is kind of cruel and mean. And, you know, it also unfortunately makes sense. Like, people are just, you know, well, I have to get power. Anyway, I can get power sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's sad. It's like sadly true kind of thing.
1: Mm-hmm. And I mean, they do try to kind of pull it together. Like um, in the book, they say uh, she's doing, uh, Alina's doing research. And she says, the books were very clear that a Grisha could only have one amplifier in his or her lifetime. And that once a Grisha owned an amplifier, it could be possessed by no one else. Like calls to like and the bond is made. So they're still yeah. kind of pulling off the like calls to like, but it definitely felt just more like magicy stuff that we're not going to quite explain. <sighs> right. Compared yeah. to having such a systematic uh, system <laughs> in place for the small sciences and how that works. But at least they're still putting limitations on it.
2: Yeah, that's like true. They're still trying. It's they're- not like
1: Pokemon where you just go collect all of the <laughs> amplifiers. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm glad there is limitations, but it's more like a limitation like, oh, this is like very restricted and only special people can have it, Um, you know. And what the thing is, it's like they have to find a living creature, kill it, spill its blood in order to actually use the magic. And it's like, how is that useful for a squalor? Like they they summon wind, you know, (laughs) Um, I think I think I mean, I get where they're going, you know, with the whole story. It's a big part of it. But if they did something like, oh, there's this, like, you have to capture this certain kind of wind to be your amplifier if you're a squalor. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, oh,
1: okay. So yeah. there's, like,
0: magic to it because you can't really capture wind. But, like, if you capture, like, the essence of it and then it will amplify your power, um,
1: mm.
0: you know,
2: Interesting. so that the yeah. amplifier is related to the power itself
0: yes exactly i mean i don't know how alina would have captured the sun but like
2: <laughs> um, well or something that something excuse me that um sort of amplifies sunlight like right you know a special kind of glass or something like that. right it we could know be like a and,
0: crystal yeah. a special sun crystal you know because this is based in magic so why couldn't it Why couldn't the amplifiers be based on
2: their talent? That makes more sense.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting (laughs) idea, Susan. I like it.
2: (laughs) I look forward to reading your YA book, Susan. I'm sorry?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nobody steal my idea.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Better get working on it. (laughs) So then, do you feel like there's any outliers in this whole small science system? Like, do you feel, because we see that Mal is, like, seems very, very good at tracking. Like, unreasonably good at tracking. And then even Genya, uh, because it seems like her, she had some regular powers, but then the Darkling tweaked them so that she could perform work like no other healer around.
2: I think there definitely are some outliers, and... I know we've read books in the past where we, there's, like, been sort of the, like, the acceptable magic or the cultivated magic. And then there's, like, magic people don't talk about or outlaw mm. magic or wild yeah. magic or whatever. Mm-hmm. We've definitely read those books before. And I'm wondering if this is some kind of similar thing where the magics that sort of don't fit within the system, they were either, you know, ignored or people sort of, I don't want to say bred them out of existence because that makes everybody sound like they're, you know, breeding cattle or something like that. Right, Or, or, <laughs> or <laughs> they just
1: weren't cultivated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, you
2: know, Yeah. Yeah. Sort of like that. But I think there's definitely something to the way they describe Mal's hunting. Like he has such a natural gift for finding things and he's the only person who could have possibly found this magic animal Mm -hmm. and i definitely got a sense of wait a minute like there has to be more going on here than he's just you know naturally gifted at looking for things
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: Um, because when you're talking about a a magical stag that nobody's seen in centuries Mm -hmm. like somebody just doesn't figure out how to you know, track that animal. Right. So I feel like there might be more like secret underlying magic that people don't talk about because they don't know that it still exists or maybe they never knew that it existed because it didn't fit into their system.
1: Yeah. Or maybe it's like, like uh, old magic versus new magic. Yes. Where mm-hmm. like mouths is more of the old magic because I mean, there must be some sort of old magic for these mythological creatures to still be roaming around. Right. Um, exactly now like sorry this just like just came to me now so yeah like old magic and new magic so that kind of reminds me of like narnia yes i don't know um i'm interested to see if they kind of like play up with this in the other books and i know um at some point near the beginning when the darklings asking alina about mal like oh well how good of a tracker is he and you know she's like oh he could like find whatever and then um The Darkling, what did he say? I wonder sometimes how much we really understand our own gifts. Yeah. And so I'm like, hmm. Because we know the Darkling's been around a long time, so he's probably seen things Mm -hmm. come and go or, uh, you know, things that you can't always explain with the small sciences. Yeah, I mean,
0: that's my question is, like, how do they test these kids to know that they have the magic? Maybe that test only tests what they know. So all the other people who have a different sort of magic just fall under the radar, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, and I think they test them. They talk about how they were tested with an amplifier person, uh-huh. right? Yeah, Right. So, I mean, if you're thinking about, like, if Mal's magic is finding somebody or finding something, if an amplifier is standing there <laughs> testing him and he's not actively looking for anything. Right. Like, what is, is being he amplified? He's just being... He's just standing there. Right. Like, mm-hmm.
0: but that's the thing. Like, that's the only way you're testing somebody is by using an amplifier, you know, like right. they don't know that yeah. there's more subtle or magic that cannot be detected by something completely physical. And um, what's the word I'm looking for? What's the opposite word of defensive? <laughs> Offensive? God. <laughs> um, <laughs> powers. It's early, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Because it's obvious that you see someone throw fire. It's obviously obvious when somebody moves wind, you know?
1: Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I can't remember who it was in our real life club, but um, someone brought up an idea of, especially since Alina had been suppressing her gifts for so long, you know, like the whole, like, you can't get rid of energy. Like it has to, like be doing something i can't remember the exact like you know what i'm talking about like, yeah yeah I it's yeah like, yeah
2: it you is really uh, <laughs> yeah energy cannot be I, I think it's like energy cannot be destroyed it just changes like transfers like, or changes transfers something. or changes yeah
1: so I then that's people,
2: a fairly good summary
1: yeah yeah <laughs> we're sorry scientists we're, we're out there we're smart okay we know things <laughs> It was We always before, sound but smart. We, are smart. Yeah. <laughs> we um. already put it out there. <laughs> so, anyway, so, so someone was bringing up the idea well, maybe Alina, because she is like the Darkling in an idea in, in the fact that like they're kind of unique. And so is, is Alina also a type of amplifier like the Darkling? Hmm. But maybe she was inadvertently amplifying Mal's talents all of these years because her power had to be going to something. Right. So I don't know. Hmm. And then did it just stick? Like, is he just good now because he's he was around her long enough? Or if they're apart long? Because, I mean, they are apart for... A few months. I I get a little foggy on how many months she was at the palace. Mm -hmm. But obviously he was still finding the stag without her. So I don't know. But it was an interesting idea. It Hmm. definitely is. Yeah. Yeah. Now let's... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. ahead. No. Go ahead. Uh, No, I was just going to move on. But if you have something else, please... Please say. Oh, no, I was just thinking of, like, Genya,
2: because Genya's ability is, you know, making people pretty, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in our um, real-life meeting, we basically called her the plastic surgeon of the <laughs> <Yeah>. Grisha. <laughs> yeah. um, I just wonder if there's a lot of people like that whose powers are kind of on the edge of, of um, the small science system. Right. Like, yes, technically, like, you're manipulating the body, so you fall in line. But I wonder what other kind of edge powers you mm-hmm. could have. hmm yeah. 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 I was wondering out loud. You can keep going. <laughs> yes.
1: But it is a good thing, yeah. Like, could they make more plastic surgeon Grisha, or is that <laughs> just something that she really just had an affinity for? I mm-hmm. don't know. But it was interesting. It was interesting to see that the Darkling could tweak things if he wanted to. Right. And so it also makes you wonder. I mean, he's had a lot of time to practice, that's for sure. Um All right. So, let's talk about the Darkling. Is he really a bad guy? You know, or do you think he can be redeemed? Um What what are your feelings on this guy?
0: Uh I actually don't have that many feelings. Um I don't like him. uh i i don't think he can be redeemed um only because he just he just killed so many people (laughs) for his own end um i mean he says like oh yeah this is the only way that we can save our country and save our land um it's like i think at this point, and especially because he's lived so long, it's been twisted to make himself feel better about what he's doing. Um, And he's been thinking this for so long. I'm not sure you can, like, change his mind again, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. So. I mean, obviously, he doesn't think he's a bad guy. Right?
0: No, of course not. <laughs> I mean,
2: mo-
1: most villains <laughs> don't. Yeah. I was going to
2: say, horrible people often don't think they're horrible people.
1: Because, <laughs> you know, they're doing it for the greater good or mm-hmm. whatever nonsense. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: Now, to be fair, I mean, uh, the Darkling, I feel like, is trying to at least protect... I mean, obviously, he's got his own agenda and he wants to be in power. But I think he is also still trying to help the Grisha, at least. I mean, it might be at the cost of, like, the common people. But um, there's one point where they're talking about that there are Grisha from the other countries around them. And um, when he's talking to Alina about it, he says, I didn't have to gather them. They came to me. Other countries don't treat their Grisha as well as Ravka, he said grimly. The Furgens burn us as witches, and the Kirch sell us as slaves. The Shuhan carve us up to seek the power of our, seek the source of our power. And so I don't know, like I'm, I'm torn on him. And I think, I think maybe we're supposed to be like the way, like, obviously there's two more books. Um, We'll have to see what happens, but I just know like from being on like social media, that the Darkling is a very popular character. Like, there's lots of Darkling scented candles and Darkling prints. And <laughs> so, like, I just like—is it just people wanting to like the bad guy, or is there still more to him that we don't know yet?
0: Uh, there could be. I mean, I would hope that you would find more about his history as the books go along, because you know we said before yeah. he's lived a very long life, like. Maybe we'll see the actual point of his his turning, of him, his, uh, his uh, wanting the greater good twisted, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that would make him more sympathetic to me, but at least, like, I will know, okay, I see where he's coming from now, you know? Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, yeah, I would like to see more of where he came from and, you know, his background— but, I i mean, uh, the whole time I was like, this dude's bad. Yeah. He's the bad guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. You just knew it from the beginning. <laughs> I really, really did. Like, I wasn't sure the, like, first couple of times he interacted with Alina, but it was pretty quick. Yeah. I, I was like, oh, yeah. Like, the, he's going to turn out to be the villain in all of this. And I really... I was ho- kind of hoping I was wrong, but I kn- knew he was going to turn out to be the villain. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, Alina, he's training <laughs> you. He is teaching you. He's doing some good things. Like, get all the knowledge. Get what you need. Learn the things you're supposed to learn. And then get out. Get That's out. True. Get out. Yeah. Get, get out. the F <laughs>
1: out of there, please. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you think were his feelings for Alina completely like him acting? Or do you think he does have some romantic feelings for her?
0: Um, I, I I think he had some legit attraction to Alina because um, I, I feel like this is a plan he's been planning all along. Like he's been looking for a Sun Summoner and he's like, this is how I'm going to use that person. The mm-hmm. fact that he was attracted to Alina, I think, was like a big bonus point for him.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I definitely think he does have some feeling for Alina. But I think his feelings are very selfish. Yeah. And sure. I don't think he cares about Alina in the sake – in the kind of way like I care about what's best for her and what she wants and what she thinks. It's I care for her and so she has to be part of my world. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think that's a lot of his feelings about everything.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, um Yeah, and and I know, like, this, I feel like this is probably the most quoted line of the book that I see used in in artwork and all things. But it's from The Darkling, and he says, Fine, he said with a weary shrug, make me your villain. (laughs) And, you know, and so I do wonder, like, he's lived forever. Like, this probably isn't the first time that he's been going through these (laughs) things. But... I don't know. I'm just I, I hope we get to see more of like a character development, a character yeah. study of what his past was like, um, because we get a little bit from um, Bagra, his mother, when she's trying to get Alina out. And she says he was just a brilliant, talented boy. I I gave him his ambition. I gave him his pride. When the time came, I should have been the one to stop him. It's because I love him that I will not let him put himself beyond redemption. And so that's why I feel like I think there might be some sort of redeeming factor that we're going to see in the other books that'll make things like harder on Alina, right? Because right now it's easier to stand against him if he's just the bad guy.
0: Sure, right? sure. Um, but yeah. I feel like his mom is also being very hopeful you know like mom love
1: (laughs) sure yeah yeah so um and so like kind of along that so she's she's been around obviously even longer than him it would be interesting to see how long these people have been living um but we did find we do find out that he is the same darkling that created the shadow fold and so like we know it's just this awful place that has split the country in half and really crippled the country because now they've lost their port cities or at least it's very hard to get back and forth between them. And so, um, we've been we found out that the Volcra were actually created in the fold by like the people that lived there when it happened, which is just horrible. Um, and so we don't get a whole lot of explanation. We do find out, um, that, um, I think this is actually a quote from the Darkling. It said about the Shadowfold. It was a mistake, an experiment bored of his greed, maybe his evil. I don't know. But every Darkling since then has tried to undo the damage he did to our country, and I'm no different. I've spent my life searching for a way to make things right. You are the first glimmer of hope I've had in a long time. So what even was the Shadowfold? Like, What was he even trying to do, and what what good would come of it if it hadn't just cut the country in half
0: um I can't even begin to imagine um cause it's just a darkness spans the country and uh turned people into Volcra um maybe it was like some shadow magic that he tried to amplify and it went wrong mhm um Yeah, I wasn't, I I was not able to gain like a full grasp of what the the shadow fold could be.
1: Mm -hmm. I know, I was wondering if maybe he, I mean, I don't know why you would like test it. Well, I don't know. It was a weird place to test it if that's not where he wanted it to be. Right. Um, But I was like, well, maybe he was testing it and then was planning to pretty much use it along the country borders just Mm -hmm. to keep the other countries out. But obviously that didn't work or he didn't try it again after that first time. Yeah.
2: Well, also, why would you test that in the middle of your country?
1: Exactly. I mean, so it's all it's all a little weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I
2: definitely I come more got the feeling like he was trying to do something like actually like terrible and greedy to the people, like maybe like in defense of like the Grisha or something like that, because he does talk about how Grisha have been treated badly. True. just went awry. but who knows <laughs> yeah yeah just not so, enough information again, <laughs> you know
1: exactly and i mean it's the first book in a trilogy i'm hoping we get some more information but um it's a, it's a, it was an interesting show of his power but then the volcra was something he was not expecting and they said like it's kind of that that showed that kind of put him back in his place right mm-hmm. i mean he hasn't tried it again in years and years and years Um, So it was interesting. Um, Another interesting part of the world building, right? Yeah. (laughs) True, true. Now, going a little bit back to the amplifier, uh, we do see that Alina gets one um, at first. So she finds the stag because of Mal. And they get there. And she's just like, and rightly so, she's like, oh my gosh, I don't want to kill this beautiful creature. (laughs) Um, and then of course, you know, the Darkling, I guess, was pretty much following them and then is able to kill the stag. And we had been hearing throughout the book, you know, one reason Bagra wanted Alina to get out was they're like, well, as soon as, you know, if the Darkling kills the stag, then he'll have power over the amplifier to then use on you and then he'll control you. But then we see at the end that while that had been true, like he did kill the stag and then he is able to pretty much manipulate Alina to do what he wants, she suddenly, like, has this epiphany that the stag was trying to tell her that by her showing mercy, she could then take the power back. And so that's, you know, that's how she gets away in the end because she is able to, like, take her full power and she does that cool, like, slashy light sword thing that the Darkling did with the dark. That they're all like, what? And, <laughs> and so what But what did you feel about the fact that suddenly Alina giving the stag mercy gave her power again over the amplifier? Like, do you think it was a cop-out? Do you think it worked within the story? What are your feelings?
0: Uh, it, I had a lot of eye-rolling. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it, this happens a lot and it's like I I understand and I appreciate that you're showing that mercy is, you know, very good and it's very powerful. Um, but I feel like it's the definite go to thing for a lot of authors to do in, in situations like this. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it, it's like, yes, I don't want you to kill a living thing for your own gain but at the same time that I, I don't know, like, it may have been hard of work, but I think it it would have been more appreciated if there was more work behind her getting her um, herself back, getting her will back.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, then it was just too, too nice of a bow. Yeah. Put, like, put on at that. the end. I'm just reading, I'm, I, and unfortunately, just got a lot of eye rolling from me. <laughs> She's like talking about the stag being in her dreams and stuff, and I was like, oh no, <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, but that's so just do you, me,
1: <laughs> yeah. But so, do you wish that she had just been able to take the power over as soon as she got the amplifier, like back in the forest, rather than it waiting until she had the epiphany at the shadow fold? At the just at the right time.
0: You know, I think I would have preferred that than her having the epiphany um, that it was just automatically transferred over and then they'd be like, oh, how did this happen? I don't understand. And then it's like, because I showed mercy at that moment, I see. Like, but to draw mm-hmm. it out, um, I wasn't too thrilled.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah, I think that's a good point. The drawing it out is the part that makes it feel more cheesy and... You know, convenient. overdone, right? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it's not the actual. I mean, you know, mercy. I don't think is ever like, oh yeah, we're over that. People should stop with the mercy already, <laughs> right? Um, I but the the drawing it out, I think, was what felt cheesy to me with yep. the dreams and the whatnot. Yep, like the concept of mercy, great. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I guess and I, d-
1: I did appreciate that. I do like the idea of Mercy being a- able to overtake what he did that was very selfish and wrong. I just wish it had been done right then. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Yep. All right. Well, I know we're definitely over and we we could keep talking about all this stuff. <laughs> um, so just a couple quick fire questions. I, well, maybe <laughs> we'll see how much we want to talk about them, but I just have to bring up the, um, apparent, apparent. I'm not sure how you say it. Like I was getting a lot of Rasputin vibes from him since this, yeah. this is kind of like a Russian feeling. Uh, thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, But I'm, like, trying to figure out, like, what role is he going to play in all of this? Because at first you think he's, like, this ominous figure. But when he's talking with her, like, he seems to, like, be trying to kind of clue her in on some things. Mm -hmm. He does seem to be working with the Darkling. But, like, is he really? Is he, like, (laughs) I I don't know.
0: Maybe his is the really long game.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah i
2: i mean definitely rasputin vibes yep. <laughs> um you know like part of me wants to believe that like oh yeah we're like judging him prematurely but eh, rasputin was not a nice guy and it just makes me think of the <laughs> movie anastasia
0: yep I was just like
2: thinking all the that. time all the time
0: because what else would you think of i mean come on <laughs> Um, but I'm right there with you, Meredith. Like, I have no idea where the, where she's going with him at all.
1: Yeah. I'm interested to see, though. Um, yeah. Because he, he does talk a lot about faith and suffering when he's talking to her. Um, and so I'm just like, is he going to, like, double cross the Darkling? Like, I feel like he has ulterior motives. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know. So anyway, like, I don't know if there's much to say about him other than, hmm, <laughs> we'll have to see. Um, and do you have any speculation on Alina or Mal's parentage? Because they're orphans, obviously, because it's YA. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah. No parents.
1: <laughs> so was it just convenient to, like, kill them off before the... The story started or do you think like there's they were like grisha themselves that like fled or you know like i don't know i'm just i don't know i I feel like there could be something there
0: yeah i wish i kind of knew more of that side of the world like how the families are and like how is it inherited is the magic inherited it doesn't seem so because grisha are going across the country testing children hmm um, That's true. Yeah. yeah, but does it like does it you know, is it something that just pops up spontaneously? Is it something that is inherited? I think if we knew that, it would I, I think it'd be easier to make theories of what their parents are.
1: Yeah. That's true, because if it was strictly inherited, right. then why would they go around and test like the random peasants? It would just be all the Grisha already. So that's a good right, point. Right.
0: Yeah. So I don't know. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Good point, Susan. (laughs) (laughs) Point for me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I guess we'll just go ahead and wrap up then. So did you like the book and do you plan to continue on with the series?
2: Um. I did like it and I do think I'm going to continue on with the series. Um, you know, there's stuff in it that's very YA. So I'm like, oh yeah, I see where this is going. Mm-hmm. But the more I think about the book and the more like we talk about it, the more I end up liking it. And mm-hmm. so, I definitely I was planning on continuing anyways, but I'm definitely going to do so now. That um everybody's brought up some ch- interesting things to think about. Yeah.
0: Yep. I'm right there with you, Jeanette. Um, I think I will read it. It's not one of those where it's like, I have to read the next book. Um, but I would like to continue reading to see how the story goes and see how much more of the world is explained. So,
2: mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah, I agree. have questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yep. Lots of questions that hopefully will get answered in the next two books. <laughs> and I've heard really good things about the series. So I'm hoping that that rings true for me. Uh, mm-hmm. I did like the first book, but I do feel like a lot of it was setting up the rest of the story. Yeah. Um, so now that we've got the world built, we can continue on with the story. So I, I think I'm going to plan on probably reading the next two pretty soon just so that it's all fresh in my mind. Mm. Because I got a box yeah. set of the paperbacks, so it's like they're already nice. sitting on my as shelf. I was going to say, you might as well then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, might as well. They're staring at me. Um so I think I will, but before I get to that, I'm gonna start the next eclectic reader's pick mm. for April, which is *The Sparrow* by Mary Doria Russell, which I'm really excited to read because I've been wanting to read it forever. Yay! Yay.
0: Yes, I'm super interested in reading this book. So looking to. Yep, looking forward to, and well, that was, was an awesome discussion. <laughs> <laughs> I love how we just can keep going and going and going. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we should just do like a marathon podcast.
2: <laughs> how long <laughs> can anybody we talk? listen to us that long? I know.
0: I don't know. Listener
2: feedback. You get in touch with us. Yeah. <laughs>
0: would you listen to us if we did a 24-hour marathon of podcasting?
2: <laughs> or a live stream, maybe?
0: Oh, yep. Definitely. That's probably more of a live stream thing.
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: poor, poor David would probably rip his hair out.
2: <laughs> yeah. I don't think he would edit that for us. Yep. <laughs>
0: um, well, as always, you can always find show notes uh, at fm slash 46. Goodness. Getting up there, guys.
2: We're getting yeah. up.
0: <laughs> and where can people find you? On the internets,
2: Jeanette. Uh you can find me on Goodreads and Litzy at J M T Rivera, that's R I V E R A. And you can find me on Twitter at doctor Jeanette. That's D R J E A N N E T T E.
0: How about you, Meredith?
1: So you can find me on Instagram, Litzy, Twitter, Goodreads at Mare the Book Gal, M E R E T H E B O O K G A L.
0: and people can find me uh, Goodreads, Twitter, and Litzy under Rudy Kaicho, R U R I underscore K A I C H O U, um, or go to our Goodreads Eclectic Readers page. Um, we have threads and whatnot for all the. the Discussions and books that we have read in the past. So um, come and join in the conversation. Um, yeah. And as always, you can subscribe to your favorite podcatcher so you'll never miss an episode. Um, And I mean, that's probably the easiest way to keep track of all your podcasts, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's true. (laughs)
0: Um, Please rate and review us on iTunes. That is the best way uh, for people to find us. And I think that's it. So let's show this until next month. Bye. Bye.
2: Bye. Bye.